Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We caught up today with Mark Brennan, who's the CEO of Serato Gold. They are a gold producer with assets in Argentina and Brazil. If you want our thoughts on that conversation and what we talked about with regards to their business plan, of course, the company itself, uh, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Where you can also find detailed company reports. You can find commentary from market experts from around the world on a variety of commodities and companies. There are training videos on there, summaries of other interviews that we've done just to save you a bit of time. And of course, a community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other. So do go along there now and join them at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Mark, how are you doing, sir? I'm very well. Thank you very much. Well, thanks for joining us. You are going to tell us a brand spanking news story because you're, you're, you're private at the moment. You're going to list next month. So I'm looking forward to this one. Um, but first of all, where are you in the world? Well, we're, we're, uh, we're a private company based in Toronto, but uh, we have two main assets in Brazil and Argentina. And uh, we're focused on gold. And our objective is to, in the next uh, three or four years, to move from a 50,000 ounce producer um, to, to a 200 plus thousand ounce producer. Uh, using the two assets that we have currently. Uh, we're private right now, but our intention, as you mentioned, is to go public uh, by mid next month. Fantastic. Okay, thanks Thanks for the run through. Um, you better introduce yourself and tell people what you've done in the past so we get a sense of who we're dealing with. Uh, okay, well, my name is Mark Brennan. Uh, my, uh, I have a long history of, of uh, starting up uh, companies. I was formerly the president and CEO of a company called CR Metals. Uh, I went in to restructure that asset. Uh, I took that from 200 million to 600 million uh, in a couple of years between 2015 and 2017, prior to starting Serato. Uh, I, before that, I started uh, Largo Resources. Uh, I was the founder and, and uh, started a greenfield project with a hole in the ground. Uh, we raised $350 million and uh, we brought this to production on time on budget, um, which is now the, the uh, highest uh, grade, lowest cost Canadian producer in the world. Uh, and prior to that, I was uh, part of the founding team at Desert Sun. Uh, we had the Jacobina project that we started in 2002, um, and we sold it to uh, Yamana in 2006 for $700 million. Uh, so we're back to gold, and uh, the team is back to gold. We've been working with the team for the last um, you know, 15, 20 years. Uh, we're builders. That's our focus, um, and uh, we've been very successful in, in accomplishing our goals as of past. Okay. So that, thanks very much for the summary, first of all. So you got track record in uh, South America, I feel very comfortable there. And the team that you put around you, I mean, have they worked with you in the past? We have. I mean, I started working with Kurt Menken, uh, who's our chief operating officer, uh, first of all, with um, with uh, Desert Sun, which we had the Jacobina project we sold to Yamana. Um, then we started Largo in 2005. Uh, Largo, uh, most of the team, a lot of the technical team and, and the other team worked with me at Largo. Uh, and they joined me uh, subsequent to starting up uh, Serato. Um, and, and so we have a very strong working knowledge of each other and, and we've worked very closely together for the past 15 years. Okay, we've actually interviewed some of your companies. You'd be glad to hear. They're doing quite well, in case you were worried. They're doing okay. <laughs> They're doing okay. <laughs> um, okay, well, look, we better get into the uh, projects proper because I'm intrigued as to how you're piecing it together because this is obviously, you know, pre-go public, you've put a bit of money into this and, you know, so how much money has been sunk into this so far, actually? Well, in terms of, in terms of the, the, uh, the existing, uh, the current management, Serato Gold has put in about $15 million to date. Uh, there was a previous historical workings on the property of about $20 million prior to our getting involved. 
Um, but they weren't looking at the same strategy. We had RGZ in the late 80s, et cetera. Uh, but focusing on, on uh, in particular in Brazil right now, um, you know, they're, 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 uh, we put in about $15 million to the, to the new plan. Um, in terms of the, the um, Argentina, uh, Argentina was an asset that, that has had probably about $220 million put into it uh, prior to our arrival. And um, we were able to buy that very, very uh, opportunistically. Um, so, so we have two what we consider to be world-class assets um, with, with a very strong growth potential. Got it. Just, just clear up the detail for me. So you said 15 minutes gone, 15 million from the management team, or you've raised that and put that in? How much of your money? Uh, you for, uh, well, in terms of the, the uh, management and directors have probably put in, I'm going to guess around 3 million, 4 million bucks at this point. Okay, fine. And then you didn't give me a number on uh, the Argentinian asset. How much money have you paid for that or has been spent on it by you guys? Uh, basically, well, we, we bought that asset for $45 million, of which uh, $15 million was up front. Um, $10 million will come after two years, $10 million after another two years, and then $10 million after another year. So we paid $30 million over a five-year period. Okay, so let's start with Argentina first. Um, Tell us what you think you've got there, because it, it seems to me that that is going to be used to create cash with not only to expand itself, but also do a little bit of work up in the Brazilian assets. So tell us what the plan is there. Sure. We, we started negotiating Argentina uh, in May of 2019, uh, closed it in March of this year. And, and the objective there is that what we see is, is about an eight or nine year mine life uh, where that project will throw off $25 million of free cash uh, at 1650 gold. Um, so so um, that was the initial premise of our investment in that asset. Um, however, what we've seen since we've acquired it is we see some other opportunities. So what, what our expectation is, is that we'll, the cash that's generated out of Argentina uh, for the next couple of years will be utilized in, in, uh, in Argentina. Uh, and then the funding that we're raising now um, in, as part of our, our uh, go public transaction uh, will actually be used exclusively for Brazil. So, so uh, but what we're looking at with Argentina is probably a very, very strong base case uh, of about 50,000 ounces per year um, and, and uh, generating 25 million. And our hope is that uh, by the exit of next year, we should be closer to 70 to 80,000 ounces. And I think long term, it's probably looking to me like a, like a somewhere 80 to 100,000 ounce producer uh, moving forward. Um, so good, very positive, um, but where we see the really strong growth is coming out of Brazil. Okay, so okay, which is why I want to start with Argentina, just get kind of get a measure of that. But today, you, some pretty ambitious numbers you're going for there. Today's numbers would suggest that you've got quite a bit of work to do. So, why don't you tell us what you've got today and what you think well, you have I'd to I'd do? I'd say I'd say that you know. The, the, in terms of what we're looking at is this, is that all, every, you know, right now, Argentina is being severely constrained by COVID. And so if you look at Yamana, if you look at, at uh, you know, Yamana are, are next door to us in, in Argentina. If you look at Newmont, um, their production in Q2 was down 73% uh, quarter over quarter with 2019. And the reason for that is a lot of large part is of COVID. Um, so, so yes, we have some, we, we, we came into this asset and we acquired this asset in March when, when COVID struck. Uh, so really, we haven't really had the opportunity to operate this mine until August of this year. Um, we've been operating at a 50% capacity in terms of our workforce. So we've had some, some constraints. But at the same point, um, when I quote to you the, the 50,000 ounce target, um, those are what I believe to be COVID-orientated numbers. Unless COVID comes in and shuts down everything, um, then I think that, that with, a, with the case that we've been operating with, 
we see a comfort zone of operating in that in that uh, fifty thousand ounce kind of environment. And how we're going to do that is that when we acquired this asset. Uh, we saw 550,000 ounces of global resource. So about 200,000 ounces of measured indicated um, and then 350,000 ounces of inferred resource. And the inferred resource we think will bring into the, uh, into the, into the measured indicated as we move forward, um, which gives us that eight or nine years of 50,000 ounces. Um, the, the, um, the, the plant, they put a brand new plant in, it's got a thousand ton per day, uh, brand new CIL plant, uh, state of the art. I mean, the, the infrastructure and, and uh, everything they built there was first, first, first quality. Um, so, so that's been very good. Where we have the, where we see the great opportunity is improving the mining where we can actually feed the mine at the grade of the, of the deposit. And so the previous owners uh, were diluting the heck out of this project uh, and so what we're doing now is we've been increasing, um, you know, at the plant, we've increased recoveries from 88% to 92%. If I look at the, if I look at the, um, the resource, the average resource grade is about five and a quarter percent. Uh, so a very high grade uh, for an open pit operation. Um, and now what we need to do is we need to feed that plant at that five gram um, total. And, and what, what the previous owners were doing is they were feeding that plant at closer to two grams. So, so since we've owned the mine, we're now feeding that mine at around three grams. We should exit the year around three and a half uh, to four. And then what we expect is that the, the uh, next year we'll feed it, we'll exit next year feeding it at five grams. And that'll get us up to that 50,000 ounces. Very, I think pretty comfortable. So, but you're also getting an ASIC around, you know, a thousand bucks. Somewhere, well, I think you're talking here, somewhere between 900, 1100, let's say a thousand bucks on average. I mean, you're going to need to be operating at full capacity to hit that, aren't you? Our, our, right now, our, our ASIC is probably approaching 1150. Um, so, so, so from that perspective, we're not talking a huge move, uh, particularly as we've been in. We, you know, one is that we've been operating at 40% capacity. Um, so, as we move to to greater capacity with the, the culmination of COVID, um, you know, if as and when that occurs, uh, that'll get better. But also, feeding higher grade material into the plant will reduce those costs fairly significantly. So I think I think a thousand bucks all in, uh, you know, should be a pretty achievable number. Okay, so you're quite close to making money. So you think in terms of when do you get into some kind of um, free cash flow flow position there? Because you've got the plant, you've got the infrastructure. It's just operating costs from now on, isn't it? It is, and and basically the biggest issue we've had is is kind of in, since August. The biggest issue we had is with the fleet. Um, and so we've had some issues with maintenance and then bringing in uh, parts and, and bringing in people on the maintenance side is being our biggest challenge. Uh, for example, we have eight, eight trucks uh, of our own, um, which, which basically we use for, for uh, the, the mining operations, for the waste operations. Um, and basically, you know, four of those have been off since August because we couldn't get replacement parts and things like that. Uh, we've brought in another four trucks, um, of which one will be available at all times. So now we're up at running at, at 11 trucks, um, and so we're getting on to, to greater capacity. And so what we've done is we've over kind of uh, we've over qual over contemplated our, our production uh, so that we have excess capacity, as opposed to when we first acquired the mine, we were under capacity. And and so now we're operating in, at an over capacity where. In the best case scenario, we have a, a truck or two sitting around. Well, that's a much, much better scenario for us than not being in production. Right. So, so nothing is more expensive for us than not producing and not generating ounces. Right. So in, how much cash are you sitting on today in, in terms of the total group? Uh, about $9 million Right. Okay. U.S. And how much of that needs to be thrown at the Argentinian asset? 
Uh, well, I mean, basically, Argentina is pretty much self-sustainable. Uh, that, that's actually been on an Argentina operation. It's been pretty, pretty flat. Um, you know, we, we've had some pros and cons during the period uh, of this COVID, uh, but, but generally it's running pretty flat. And actually, you know, I think we'll exit the year uh, north of 3,000 ounces, which gives you a run rate of 36,000 ounces. So getting to that 50,000 ounces is not going to be an excessive, it's not going to be an excessive amount in my view. Right. So you're going to be able to move the uh, inferred component into measured and indicated. You're also going to have to do a bit more exploration, I suspect, too. I mean, have you got targets? How much data did you inherit when you bought this thing? Yeah, I mean, what's remarkable is that, you know, the previous owners have done no exploration in five years. And and uh, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, um, I should just mention that we, we did announce an acquisition of a company called Minera Mariana. So, so we have actually brought our resources up by an additional 420,000 ounces, of which 380,000 ounces are in, indicated and, and 40,000 ounces are inferred. So all those ounces will go through our production uh, facility. So really, on a global basis, we're just shy of, of a million ounces currently, um, of which 600,000 of those are, are in the indicated category, 400,000, 375,000 are in the inferred category. So, so I see that as we move forward, um, we will we will substantially increase our resources. Now, one of the the great opportunities that we've we've found since we've gone in, in in March has been that there are 12 satellite deposits where there's been varying degrees of work, anywhere from 2,000 meters, 4,000, 6,000, 7,000, 17,000 meters, 12,000 meters, um, where they haven't compiled resources. And so we have a, a very aggressive exploration program starting in January. And basically what our expectation will be is that we can bring in a lot of those 12 resources into our into our resource categorization, into a 43101 compliant resource that we can speak to. And, and I'm hoping to bring that in by, by the end of the summer. And, and I think that we'd be very unfortunate if we can't add another half a million ounces. Okay, so you've got, you've got targets there. You're saying it's self-sustaining, but you're playing any money you make back into the ground for the exploration program to kind of build this thing out. So where's the value for anyone buying into this? Well, as you, as you know, the, the uh, you know, when, when you go in and acquire something, you have, you, you look at what you acquire and, and you look at the potential of, of the machine. And, and basically, as I mentioned to you, we, we see great potential here. Um, I think that, that as opposed to running a 50,000 per year operation, um, we can probably get closer to, to 100,000 ounces. And, and basically what I would say is that 50,000 of those will be a base case. Um, we're looking right now, and, and part of the Mariana acquisition uh, was to look at a, at a heap leach operation. Now we can, we, you know, at, at Mariana, there are 200,000 ounces um, that we see at Las Calandrias uh, that basically can go directly into a heap leach operation. Now, the, the acquisition of Renera Mariana wasn't going out and acquiring a project 10 miles from us. It was actually acquiring a project that was on our border. And actually, that we sh- it splits a deposit that we have called Escondida. Now, Escondidas have about 11,000 meters of drilling. Um, so we see being able to upgrade the resource that we have there and bring it into a compliant 43101 very quickly uh, that we can add to La Calandres. But, but so, so my expectation is that by the end of next year, we will probably have a heap leach operation of 20 to 30,000 ounces uh, in addition to the base case of 50,000 ounces. And, and again, if we, look at, if we look at the 50,000 ounce base case, our target at 1650 gold is about 25 million of free, gold, uh, free cash. If we add uh, the, the exiting next year, um, 20,000 ounces at 
50 gold, that should get us to somewhere in the region of about 15 million of free cash. So next year we could be exiting somewhere in the region of 40 million of free cash. So that would mean in 22, we're generating that kind of cash. Um, on the assumption that we haven't, you know, but we'll have to invest some money to do that. Um, you know, we'll have to look at where we will be, as you mentioned, investing into, into exploration. Our, 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 um, our expectation is that we will not take cash out of Argentina um, probably until we start construction in Brazil, which will be in 2022, okay. 23. Okay, so th- th- those are lots of um, uh, hopes for what could happen next year. And I think it, it, saying it and doing it two different things. So what are the expiration uh, risks for you? I mean, you talk about 12 potential targets, um, but you know, doing business in country, I, I get the infrastructures there. There's a mine there, you got a plant there. It, it all sounds fantastic, but someone sold it to you. So what was the problem? Well, it's not. It's, it's, it, was, it, it hasn't. You know, um, every mine has its challenges. The mining sector is immensely complex, as you're well aware. But, but in terms of the the, you know, what we see here is that, you know, the the sellers, to your point, were a consortium of 18 uh, electronic component assemblers, and and in 2014, they were told that they by the government that they needed to buy um, or, or to get into an industry that that actually imported U.S. dollars. Their business was comprised of selling equipment that basically they'd pay for the components in U.S. dollars abroad, and then they'd sell in pesos in, in Argentina. So what happened is that they, the, the, business, the, the government um, recommended to them very strongly that they should get into a, an industry. Now, they could have got involved in agriculture. They could have gotten involved in mining uh, oil and gas. They happened to get involved in mining. They knew nothing about mining. Um, the reality is that, uh, you know, they spent $220 million, $100 million in buying the asset and $120 million going uh, going into in, into the asset. Uh, so, as I say, we have a first class infrastructure um, in place, um, but but they didn't have people competent to, to run the mines. They didn't have a general manager 18 months prior to our, for the 18 months prior to our acquisition. They were fed up. They'd had enough of it. And, and frankly, you know, when we started negotiating with them, gold was at $1,200. Uh, in May of 2019, so they were they were just fed up. They wanted out, um, and we were a good candidates for them to come in and acquire. Wow, you got lucky. Nice. Uh, well, we, you know, if gold could be 1,200 right now, right? And and if it were, we would have we would have still made the acquisition because we saw the capability to potentially bring the resources down lower. But I'd say to you that um, you know, so so it needs to be fixed. Um, and the biggest component, which is fantastic, is that it's it's mining process related. So, so for example, we we uh, we designed our own pit shells. Um, we we brought in new mine sequencing. Um, we reduced the bench heights from five meters to two and a half meters. Um, we we mined from multi-level benches as opposed to one level. Um, we reduced the polygons from five to seven meters down to three meters. Um, and and these are all mining uh, processes that you would find most sophisticated mines. Uh, but it wasn't happening here. And, and so it's just a tremendous opportunity. Now, this takes time and it takes, you got to change the culture of, of the people working there. Um, but at the same point, these guys are eager, they're, they're ambitious. But the, the most promising thing here is that these are not high, these are not high, you know, big ticket items. These can, these can be done for very little cost. It's really more process as opposed to, to uh, process as opposed to, to, uh, to cost. The biggest cost that we have, and, and I don't know you're you're uh, you'll probably shake your head at this, but but the reality is that they were doing little to no sampling in advance of mining, 
and 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 I don't know many operations anywhere in the world where you do no blasting and then sampling and then you you mine what you sample and you sample you know the waste goes to the right and and the the uh, the ore goes to the left. Um, in 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 particularly in Martinetas, um, you couldn't tell what was barren and what was what was ore containing. So it was a very difficult exercise. So we now brought we're now ta we've taken over a lab. Uh, that was run um, by an independent group, and, and we're going to be running that ourselves starting in December. Uh, we'll be doing 150 samples a day, uh, getting those samples back 12 hours, 24 hours later, where right now they take 20 samples a day and they get those back 48 hours later. So they've already mined when they when they when they get the samples back. Um, probably what that's probably one of the most um, was one of the most um, shocking or or surprising elements of of, of of, of their mining operation because that's something you would never see anywhere in any modern type of mining process. Yeah, like I say, it sounds like you got lucky there uh, identifying something like this because um, if it's just a question of just changing processes, you can deal with that. If there's something more fundamentally wrong with it, then obviously, you know, there you go. Um, but doing business in Argentina, though, people struggle with that. <laughs> um, you know what? Uh, it's 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 interesting. Um, you know, we we have been you know we've been a little unfortunate with respect to COVID, and Argentina has has been severely hit by COVID, and and they've been extremely diligent and and extremely uh, restrictive in terms of operations with respect to COVID. Um, however, you know, we still see uh, a very strong opportunity uh, even with COVID. And as I mentioned to you, you know. We've improved our recoveries. Um, we've improved our, our uh, you know, the resources only gotten bigger. Um, and, and the grade, we've confirmed the grade, the average grade of five and a quarter grams. Um, so now the real issue is, okay, feed the grade, feed the grade to the mill. Uh, you know, what we've had to do for a large extent uh, previously was, was feeding stockpiles that were low-grade stockpiles, that are existing low-grade stockpiles. Now, our low-grade stockpiles are running 1.4, 1.6 grams. Many mines would love to have a 1.4, 1.6 low-grade stockpile, um, but but you know what we need to be feeding is is five grams, and, and that's where we're going right now. So it's not really um, you know we don't need a substantially more capacity than we have now. Uh, we don't really need a lot of um, things to change under COVID. We feel even under the restrictions that we've had right now that that our a goal of, of 50,000 ounces of of a base case is very attainable. It is. You're talking about the process. I'm talking about the country. You know, you mentioned something oh, sorry, at yeah. exchange rate. Um, whichever okay. state, yeah. each state has a different attitude to mining, licensing, and permits. So, okay. I mean, what's it like where you are? Yeah. Now we're in Santa Cruz, and Santa Cruz is is Kirshner territory, and and Alicia Kirshner is our governor, and you know she's the sister of the previous. Uh, president and and uh, so so I'll say that you know our next door neighbors are Yamana uh, Anglo with Cerro Vanguardia we have Newmont uh, you know these are mines that are producing 250,000 ounces 350,000 ounces for the last you know 20 years 30 years um, and so so the reality is that um, mining has been left alone and and it's a very uh, it's a big um, it's a big um, land position the state is very big in terms of its land mass uh, with a very small population, probably less than 200,000 people or 200,000 people or so, uh, so so you can you can operate very comfortably without running into people, which is very good for mining. Um, however, it's really more a problem on the macro basis. You know, with the federal government and and you know things like cost, like bring in the the exchange controls, 
export taxes and duties, um, and and those are those are challenging. I, I won't make any. Uh, you know, Argentina uh, is a challenging environment to to be working, um, but but at the same point, um, we see a very strong opportunity, particularly in light of the fact that we are not looking to export dollars in the next in the next 24 months. If we if we are looking, you know, as I mentioned to you previously, on an operating basis, we would like to exit next year at a $40 million run rate on a free cash basis. Well, in the worst case scenario, uh, we can probably look at exporting of that 40 million, we could probably take out 25 to $30 million. Um, the reality is that um, that's not bad uh, for, for even, even if it's $15 million, that, that, would, that would do a lot to sustain Brazil, uh, which is really where we consider our, our crown to be. Um, so in terms of the, the uh, when, we, when we, you know, the exchange controls were only brought in place in, in September of 19, um, there's going to be a challenge, you know, there, there, inflation's running at 40, 45%. Um, the, the actual currency itself is probably, uh, the official rate's running around 85 pesos to the dollar. The, the blue market is running at 140 to the dollar. Um, so, you know, they're just, the, the, the central government is now, uh, renegotiating, you know, they just finished renegotiating some some foreign currency debt uh, with what's called the BlackRock Group. Now they're renegotiating with the the World Bank. Um, they've got some challenges, with, without a doubt. The big issue with Argentina, uh, you're talking about external debt of 450 million dollars, uh, 450 billion dollars. That's not a big number. Uh, you know, if I look at Canada, I mean, it's a very small number. The problem is, is that um, they don't have the capacity to generate dollars. So their foreign reserves are very, very low. And, and that's the, the biggest issue that Argentina has had historically, and that's the biggest challenge they have today. Um, and, and how are they gonna fix that? I don't know, uh, very candidly. Um, I do expect in the next couple of years that exchange controls will go away. Um, I know that Fernando, the new president, is using mining as, as a what he considers to be a strong gateway uh, for growth and the 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 uh, and 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 the the importation of dollars and and trying to solve that issue of exporting dollars, um, you know we're we're in a, in a in a district called the Deseado Massif, um, and it's a huge basin and and it it looks very similar to it's an epithermal classic epithermal system which looks identical to Nevada, um, you know but here we are we we're a small company we own three hundred and forty thousand hectares, after our acquisition of Mariana. 340,000 hectares, like that's that's huge, like that that's astronomical, um, and and the reality is that you know probably the exploration that's been done on this belt is probably 150th to 180th of what's happened in Nevada, um, and and we're starting to see more companies coming in. You're seeing groups that know Argentina are, are, are coming in from other states. They're coming to 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 Santa Cruz, and I think you're going to see a lot more exploration, uh, a lot more development uh, of the mining sector. In Santa Cruz, there's probably other places in Argentina, um, but but to your point, I mean, it's a challenging environment, and and you know, there, there's an old axiom: you either buy a good mine in a bad jurisdiction, or you buy a bad mine in a good jurisdiction. Um, that's where the opportunities lay, and and so um, I look at companies like SSR, Equinox, um, many companies have built their you know Yamana, uh, they've built themselves on Argentina, and they've looked to to grow elsewhere, um, and and so where we are now. Um, you know what's interesting. I mentioned earlier, you know, Yamana and 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 uh, and Anglo and and uh, New Newmont. These guys all started as open pit mines, and then they went underground. And and so right now we're focusing still on on open, you know, the 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 open pit mining. 
Um, you know, so so the fact of the matter is we haven't even got uh, to the second chapter, and there will be a, a good second chapter. Um, but I'd say to you that that um, you know we're viewing this as a long-term investment. We're not looking that we didn't enter here to 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 be a short-term investment, even though it has really greatly assisted us in not diluting our shareholders when we've looked at at uh, growing Brazil. Okay, great. Thanks for your candor. I mean, when people come on the show and say life's buying, it's a bowl of cherries, no problem. We always get a little bit worried. Um, There are those problems. They're not insurmountable, but you need to know how to navigate your way around it. I also love the fact that there's a a regular exchange, a blue blue market and a black market for currency in Argentina. Fantastic. Um, We should should move move away from Minera Don Nicolas in Argentina and go up to uh, Brazil, where we've got Monte de Carmo. So what have you got there? Well, you know, it's interesting. We we, we know Brazil well. I've been involved in three different opportunities in Brazil uh, prior to, you know, we we were very successful with with Jacobina and and restarting that old Anglo mine uh, with Kurt Minkin, who's our current COO. Um, we, we, we sold that uh, for $600 million, $700 million to Yamana in 2006. We started Largo, again, another greenfield project, but in vanadium of all commodities. I mean, that, that was a challenge and a half if, if you want to know about building greenfield projects in, in esoteric commodities. Um, you know, that now has a $600 million market cap. And uh, so we know Brazil and, and Kurt Macon built and he, he grew this, this opportunity. Um, and, and with regard to, to our experience in Brazil, it introduced us to Monte de Carmo. And Monte de Carmo was brought to us by two geologists that we've known for 30 years. And basically, these are the two geologists who are credited with the discovery of a project called Volta Grande. And Volta Grande is a project that's the only project by a company called Belo Sun that has a 600 million valuation today. Um, that really, it's, it, it was their discovery. They discovered it. They, they grew the discovery from 2 million ounces up to 6 million ounces, uh, 7 million ounces where it is today. Um, the problem with that discovery is that it's in the middle of the jungle uh, in Paris State, and and so there's some significant obstacles in terms of environmental and and uh, and, and uh, community issues that they need to overcome. Um, we were introduced to this project, and we started the company Serrado, uh by by this project Monte de Carmo in 2017 when they came to us and said, "Listen, we need help. We think this we think this is a 10 million ounce deposit, uh, but we we need help." And so we came in and we did our due diligence. Uh, we, 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 we looked at it and, and we thought, okay, we see 5 million ounces. Maybe, you know, if we can get to 10, all the better. But we, we certainly believe internally that we see 5 million ounces. And so, so what we did is we went in in 2017 and we raised some money with some friends and family. Uh, we cleaned up the structure. We cleaned up the debt. We got rid of a production facility that was on site. They had a small scale mining operation, which was, a, you know, which was, was very inefficient and, and not, uh, properly structured, um, and we decided that we were going to focus purely on exploration. In 2018, uh, we went in, we drilled um, 18,000 meters of drilling. Uh, we ended up with 815,000 ounces, um, 1.85 grams uh, equivalent uh, on an inferred resource. Um, you know, if you think about that, this is a brand new project for us, and yet we were able to come up with with every every meter we drilled, we came up with over 40 meters per per 40 ounces per meter, uh, which is a pretty remarkable uh, recovery. Then in, 2008, in 2019, we started talking to, to joint venture partners. We, we initially started talking with a very, very large uh, international mining company based out of Asia. 
Um, those those talks, uh, we didn't want to give them an interest directly in the property. We wanted them to have an interest in the, in the, in the company. And those talks uh, culminated in, in they, they terminated in, in May. Uh, in May, we started talking to another very, very well-known Canadian Brazilian mining entity um, that we know very well, and, and they wanted to do a joint venture. But as I mentioned to you, we started negotiating Argentina in, in May. And the reason we were negotiating Argentina was to give us the ability directly or indirectly to raise money for Brazil. Uh, and, and by the time we got to the discussions um, and, and the acquisition in March of this year, we decided just to take, we wanted uh, Monte de Carmo ourselves and we wanted to take it ourselves alone. In, in, in December of 18, at the end of the time that we did our, our uh, drill program where we came up with the 800,000 ounces, we also did an internal scoping study that was done by a third party. And, and the numbers were very, very strong. Um, and that gave us a lot of confidence um, that not only do we have a potentially very, very large resource here, uh, in actual fact, we think it's a district. We think that there's a significant district here and we're, we're drilling that now to, to confirm that. Um, but what we also thought is that uh, it's high grade for open pit, it's high grade for underground when we get to the underground material. And then what we're looking at is that, um, you know, but it's highly economic. Um, and so we'd actually published about two weeks ago, a PA, which was probably one of the most robust PAs that I've ever seen. Um, we were almost, you know, when, when, when you hear an embarrassment of riches kind of comes to mind, it was very, very rich. Um, you know, we, I, I'll, 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 I'll state very clearly, we, we added a lot of cost uh, on the CapEx. Uh, we added a lot of cost on the OpEx just to give ourselves more comfort and more, more cushion uh, to make sure that these numbers, because it is a PA, because it's an inferred resource, just to give us, as we move forward, um, you know, the, the fact that we don't want to disappoint people with lower numbers going forward. One of the most, you know, the strongest points that we had where we were confident in releasing that PA was the fact that, that um, you know, that we are going to be, we are drilling right now with four rigs on the property and that we will come up with a million, our target is a million and a half ounces by, by March. Um, and if we come up with by with the numbers by March, then then you know our NPV of of seventy six percent or four hundred thirty two million, um, you know that NPV of four thirty two million will probably increase by another two hundred million dollars. Um, so that gave us a lot of comfort that that as we move forward, things will only get better. Um, but if you look at probably the most interesting fact that I see here is that you know even with a, a very modest eight hundred thousand ounces. Um, we're looking at it all in cost of 500, under $500 um, per, per ounce. Now that puts us probably, uh, you know, in our presentation, we say within the lowest 10%, but in actual fact, it's probably closer to the lowest 3% um, of, any, of any gold mining companies in the world, uh, any gold producing asset in the world. And, and so the reality is that we've got a very, very high quality asset that we're in the very, very early stages of development. Um, as I say, we've only done 18,000 meters of drilling at, at our lead deposit, which is called Saralta. Uh, we're drilling there right now. Our target is to be at a million and a half ounces by, by the end of March. And then we're looking to be at two to two and a half million ounces by the end of September. So not only are we, you know, not only we're moving that very quickly as well, which is very important. So, so the proof will be in the pudding. I, you know, you're going to be sitting here in a year's time say, Mark, you told me, you told me we were, you know, and we didn't get there. Or you're going to say, Mark, you got there. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, and the reality is we, we strongly believe we're going to get there. Okay. So just, just want to make sure people heard that. So the IRR is 76%. Uh, I think you talked about uh, all in cost, all in sustaining cost is under 500 bucks. 
right? Just right. just wanted to make sure people got the numbers right there. Yeah, no, no. Cool. Okay. Um, so you're, you're advancing that one quite quickly. You are going to have to spend some of your nine million bucks on that. Um, when you go to market, and you're talking about IPOing in, in December, uh, you know, obviously the exchange uh, allowing, it's always fun and games, jumping yeah. through a few hoops there. Um, you're going to be raising how much more money? Well, we're, we're, we're looking right now, we're raising up to 20 million US um, and we'll see how we go. I mean, I, the gold markets are very tough right now, as you're well aware. We've had two weeks of, of very, very poor markets. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But, you know, the reality is, is that uh, we've got enough money to, to, to drill the existing program we're drilling right now to get us to a million and a half ounces. Um, and, and so uh, we're raising that money at, at $2 a share. Uh, which is 100 Canadian, which is 140 million dollar pre-money Canadian, or about 108 million US uh, pre-money valuation. Okay, and look, and I don't want to spend because I'm just conscious of time here. I don't want to spend too much more time on the asset. The assets, you know, I think we'll put a link to the um, presentation in here uh, as well. But I, I'm tr- I'm tr- when I get into the capital, capital market component, so you're listing pre-Christmas. Why not wait till January? I mean, typically the market picks up again in January. Um, you may well, even see with Biden coming in gold. Picks up again. Who knows? That, that might, you know, we, we may go that way. You know, what, what we what we were hoping is that we were going to catch the tail end of, of the the wave and, and being advised by by our, our consortium of, of bankers um, to, to to try to get it off. And so, um, again, what what's interesting is that um, you know we we've, we've got sufficient capital. Uh, you know, this is really more of an opportunistic opportunity to to come in and raise more capital. Um, but again, we we've kind of come into a market with strong headwinds. So as a consequence, we may wait. I mean, that may be a consideration. You know what bankers are like? They want their fees this side of Christmas. Helps with a bonus. <laughs> um, okay, well, I, I'm sure we'll uh, wait, wait and see what you uh, what, what happens there. Um, I'm just trying to think, as a, you know, for 2021, um, you're listing on TSXV, I suspect. Is that right? Yeah. Right, okay. And were you tempted to list anywhere else instead? Or was it just nice and cheap up there? No, I mean we know this exchange. It's it's it, it works, and so we're right now. I mean, for, you know, we want to. Our, our focus is not to be focused on, on. You know, as you know, the listing process is a very complex and and uh, arduous process, and and so the reality is, let's make it as simple as possible uh, for ourselves, and and let's get, let's let's deploy our efforts in the in, in, in driving the assets. That's that's the element we have here. And what what are you hoping to list at? Well, again, we're we're targeting uh, two dollars Canadian uh, as our offer price, and um, so that's that's where we're, uh, we're we're pretty comfortable that we should be able to to, to raise it. What's that put you at? I'm not quite sure how many shares. About about 110 million US or about 140 million Canadian. Okay. Free money. Okay, interesting. Okay, and given your track record, are you seeing any institutional interest? We we are we have we have institutional interest, and um, you know we already have probably five or six investors uh, of institutional investors currently. Uh, but we're looking to add to that uh, to that equation. Okay, all out of North America. No, I mean European, European American, and and uh, and, and and Canadian. The Canadian, you know, the, the Canadian uh, uh, investor base for gold, you know, for for gold funds is no longer as big as it used to be. Um, you know, the Europeans and and the uh, and, and the Americans have a far bigger uh, slice of that pie right now. Okay, so anyone listening to this story, like on our uh, on the Crux Investor Club or uh, elsewhere, how, where should they be looking if they want to take a piece of this? Well, I mean, I think in terms of obviously we'll be listing in the near term, um, and uh, but we, we have a consortium of um, Stifle, GMP, uh, Cormark, Haywood, 
Canaccord Genuity, um, Red Cloud, H.C. Uh, Wainwright. So we have a good consortium of, of, of bankers behind us. Why so many? Because they, because we're looking for growth and, and we're looking for them to help us uh, in our growth and, and they've helped us in our past. And, and so we've worked well together. Uh, so we look, we, we, we like, we, we tend to be relationship driven and, and uh, if things work in the past, uh, continue the formula going forward. Okay. So anyone interested, contact one of the above, see how it goes. Okay. Well, look, Mark, I um, appreciate you coming to us and letting us hear that story and, um, you know, stay in touch and let us know how things progress. We'd love to take that phone call. Wonderful. Thank you, Martin, uh, Matt, very much for, for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.